a really quick and exciting announcement to make. The Menopause and Cancer podcast is now also on YouTube, and I'm so excited that more people now get to watch our conversations. So the link to the YouTube channel is in our show notes. Please go and subscribe to the channel so that more people who need to hear our conversations are able to find them. Thank you. Welcome to the Menopause and Cancer podcast, where we speak with cancer patient survivors and incredible menopause experts to help us find solutions to our symptoms and ideas to improve our health. My name is Danny Binnington, and I'm really delighted to introduce you our part four of our mini series of our mini crash course, Menopause After Cancer, where I really want to lay out all of the treatment options to you. Watch back video one, two, three to catch up. In yesterday's video, we talked about our non-hormonal treatment options, and I wanted just you to have an overview of what these prescribable options are. Today, I want to talk about hormonal treatment options. Stay, regardless if your doctor has said hormone replacement therapy is contraindicated. This is an important conversation to have. I really want to talk about vaginal local estrogen. So many people have so many debilitating symptoms dryness, irritation, itching, painful, painful upon intercourse, bleeding upon intercourse, all the way to bladder symptoms, all the way to urinary tract infections, sometimes they're reoccurring. Once we have these symptoms, they need to be treated so that we have a relief from them. Once we're on treatment, this is a lifelong management and that might change and you might change what you're using and the quantity, but it's something that really needs treating. Now, the reason we really need to talk about it is that often people are told that hormone replacement therapy isn't an option for them, depending on the type of cancer they've had. Particularly for people who've had a breast cancer that was hormone receptor positive or some gynecological cancers. And when we hear that, and when that has been added into one of our conversations, we also, or many people also think it's the same for local vaginal estrogen, but they're very different. They work differently in the body. And it's very important that we ask our doctors, talk to me about hormones. What about hormone replacement therapy, systemic hormone replacement therapy? What about local vaginal estrogen? It's important we make a differentiation. You'd be surprised how many people come into our community and say, oh, years ago, my doctor said I can't have HRT. So I never even asked about local estrogen because it's estrogen, but we must make the differentiation. Now, I'm going to tell you what's happening out there, and then I'm going to give you two studies or two resources that you can share with your doctor should you want to have that conversation. What's happening out there is that over 80% of the people in our community, when we've asked, have many symptoms. The dryness, the pain, the irritation, the itching, many, many symptoms, and these symptoms go on. Sometimes women think, I don't really want to do or need to do anything about it. They're okay. They're just niggling. Uh, I can live with them. Sometimes women think like that because they don't know what options are available to them. Sometimes women think, oh, I can't have vaginal estrogen anyway. There's no point in talking to my doctor about it. But we must talk to our medical team about all of those symptoms. There is no point in sitting on our own with our symptoms. Our doctors need to know what's going on with us so they can help us. When I went through chemotherapy, I lost all of my fingernails and most of my toenails. And I was halfway through my chemotherapy cycles and I sat on my hands. I didn't really want the nurse to see my fingernails. I just didn't want 
anyone to think I wasn't doing well on my treatment. I really wanted to show I was this young patient, this young mummy who was doing okay on her treatment. My doctors probably could have done something to help me because it was really painful as well, losing all of my fingernails, but I didn't even give them the chance. And it's the same with our vaginal symptoms. I get it. It's really difficult going to the doctor and talking about those symptoms. So read up on them. Read up on the terminology. How is it easy to describe them so that when you have that doctor's appointment and conversation, the words kind of come easily and you don't have to be so shy. Local vaginal estrogen, many women then say to us they've been able to access it regardless of their history of cancer. Many breast cancer patients say they've been able to access it and it's really, really helped them improve their symptoms. Some doctors are still reluctant to prescribe vaginal estrogen to their patients. It's a bit of an old-fashioned thinking to say, oh, the women who have had breast cancer can't take vaginal estrogen. That's not true. There are many doctors who say every cancer patient, regardless of the type of cancer, should be on vaginal estrogen have they got symptoms that do not clear up with non-hormonal options. Go back into the video, I talk about vaginal moisturizers and how to care for your vulva and vagina in the previous video. Um, that's day number three from our mini crash course. But different opinions are still out there and different doctors do different things. And we know from talking to hundreds and hundreds, thousands of you, that depending where you are in the world, in the country, at different hospitals, depending on who your doctor is, you'll have a different conversation. So we want to give you two resources and two facts that might help you and your prescriber to make a more informed decision based on the latest evidence. And there is really good reason that we want to get that word out because we must, must have help. There are so many people really struggling with these awful, awful symptoms and they're not getting the help that they actually really need. I have a quick favor to ask. To help the show keep growing, please click the follow button on your podcast player. It really would mean a lot to me. Thank you. And so there is Mr. Talaulika. He's a fabulous professor at University College London Hospital. And he and a colleague have recently done a systematic review and they set out to assess all of the randomized control trials out there that are looking at vaginal estrogen, DHEA and other estrogen receptor modulators for all of these vaginal and GSM symptoms in breast cancer survivors. So these are the people where there's usually controversy around should they have vaginal estrogen or not. And what he was saying to me, he said only three randomized control trials were eligible based on our eligibility criteria. However, among the current studies observing for adverse effects of these preparations, non-reported an increased incidence in breast cancer recurrence. That is the fear, isn't it? That's what people are worried about. They're worried that they will take local vaginal estrogen and that it might increase their risks of their cancer coming back. So none of the three randomized controlled trials that were eligible in Mr. Talaulika's review um, observed these um, adverse effects. And additionally, none of these randomized controlled trials reported a persistent increase in serum estrogen levels following the use of vaginal estrogen products and no significant increase in serum estrogen levels following the use of low concentration DHEA gel. This is reassuring, he goes on to say. And I'm going to share the link to this review in the show notes so that you can share that with your doctors. 
And just in November 2023, another study came out of the JAMA Oncology. And they asked whether females with breast cancer who use vaginal estrogen therapy, such as creams or gels, have a higher risk of breast cancer-specific mortality. And this was a cohort study of almost 50,000 women with breast cancer. This is huge and huge data. And here is what they found. There was no evidence of an increase in early breast cancer-specific mortality with use of vaginal estrogen therapy compared with no hormone replacement therapy after a breast cancer diagnosis. These findings support the guidelines suggesting that vaginal estrogen therapy can be considered in patients with breast cancer and when non-hormonal treatments were unsuccessful. This provides much needed reassurance to clinicians and patients alike. And again, I'm going to share that resource with you. So please consider both of those resources when you talk to your healthcare provider. Local vaginal estrogen is not the same as systemic HRT, and please do get the help that you need. Now, I also want to add a word on systemic hormone replacement therapy because it's really important that you know, is it really contraindicated for you or not? Because you'll be surprised. We have so many people come into our community after all sorts of different types of cancer. Their cancer treatment put them into menopause, maybe radiation, Maybe they've had really extensive chemotherapy, stem cell transplants. They've been put into menopause and no one in their medical team connected the dots and helped them in treating their menopause symptoms. Many of those people are in their 20s and 30s and they're totally falling through the net. They often come back to us months after they've spoken to us and they say, gosh, I had all of these conversations with my doctors. Hormone replacement therapy was never contraindicated and I have now found some symptom release, but especially I'm also looking after my long-term health. When you're a younger patient, especially we hear so many young patients after blood cancers, after bowel cancers who are falling through the loop. It's so, so upsetting to see. So it's really important to know what are your true risks versus true risks of going on a medication and not going on a medication. And then there is a very small group of women who want to consider hormone replacement therapy even after a breast cancer or after a cancer that was hormone receptor positive. And it is important that we include these women into our conversations. These aren't women, or I have never met one of those women that is very flippant and says, I don't care about my risks. I would just want to go on hormone replacement therapy. That's just not true. These are women, and I've spoken to many of them who've done their research, who've looked at the evidence, and especially the lack of evidence there is. Many of those patients are many years down the line from the initial cancer diagnosis, whether they have had an estrogen receptor positive breast cancer, whether they've had a gynae cancer, whether they've had a breast cancer that was a triple negative breast cancer. Many of these people have had numerous appointments with different experts, their oncologists, their surgeons, and they've made up their own mind. And we've got to be able to talk about everything, even if something is contraindicated or if a doctor has said to you, HRT isn't for you. If you're many years down your breast cancer initial diagnosis and you're curious, you always deserve another conversation wherever you're at. Even if 99% of the people you speak to would do the exact opposite, but you're curious and you want to ask about your true 
benefits and risk profile, then it's important you have that conversation. And it's important you have an expert explaining to you what those risks mean for you. What we're really passionate about is opening conversations. And so as I want you to share this to the review and the study with your oncologist, your doctor, your GP, about the safety of local vaginal estrogen, I also want to say to you, whatever it is that you feel you need, you deserve those answers and you should never be shut down. Most of our decisions are based on fear anyway, as soon as we've had a cancer diagnosis. I would have given my left arm if my surgeon had said, you have better chances of survival if I take your left arm, I would have given him everything. I just wanted to do everything possible to see my three children at least start on their first day of school. It was all about managing my risks. I stopped eating sugar and meat and alcohol. And I did so many crazy things in, in a quest to reduce my risks of a cancer recurrence. And many years further down the line, when I then needed to decide how to manage menopause, my risk and benefit conversation was a different one because I was a different woman and person. So think of your symptoms. Go back to video one. What are your symptoms? Do you have vaginal symptoms that you need addressing? And if so, do make that appointment with your healthcare provider. Take the two links I've put into the show notes. Have the conversation. Um, I hope this video has been helpful. We don't want to alienate any conversation. I know it's a bit controversial, isn't it? The hormone replacement therapy conversation after cancer is a bit controversial. I don't think it needs to be. It's just the way, the way it is and it's different for all of us. And as long as we get the answers to the questions we have, um, we're all going to feel more supported and better informed. And with that, I can't wait to see you for video five tomorrow. Mm -hmm.